This episode of the regular podcast is brought to you by a brand new book, Breadcrumbs, a collection of poetry written by Cassandra Halliburton. She's from Youngstown, Ohio, so I have to support. She's a writer of many things, one of those being amazing poetry. And I hope y'all will go check it out. I purchased mine today. It won't be here until Friday, but I can't wait to read it. I hope y'all will cop a, a, a copy also and let me know what you think about it. So, Amazon.com, Breadcrumbs, a collection of poetry by Cassandra Halliburton. What's going on, everybody? It's Kilo, and I'm back for another episode of the regular podcast. I know it has been a very long time. But this is the thing. This is how we. This is how I'm about to flip this thing. I'm gonna flip it like this. I'm gonna call this season four of the regular podcast. And what I'm gonna go back and do is change all of the titles of the episodes in previous generations of the regular podcast. And I'm gonna give them seasons and episode numbers for each season, just so these sabbaticals that I take won't look as bad. When we look back on the history of the regular podcast now. So just be ready for that. This will be the beginning of season four. Okay. Season four, episode one, getting back reacquainted with each other. It is December 11th right now, 2018. Just to, just to stamp that with a time date. Uh, you know, everything has been everything. How have y'all been? I could give you a couple updates on myself, but how have you guys been? I've been cool uh, since the last time I spoke to you all. You know, I have gotten engaged. So me and Shay are engaged. She is my fiance now. I proposed on November 3rd, 2018. I did it at a restaurant called Legal Seafood in Atlanta. It was a great thing. You know, I set up the reservations ahead of time. I let the staff know, you know, the people, they they, they, they made sure I was straight. You know, I surprised her. I only told, I told a few people. I didn't tell, I, I told her father so that her father could help me out with the surprise. And what he did was he showed up to the restaurant with flowers for her. This is my idea. He showed up with flowers for her. And he was going to give them to her because I had already, I already, you know, popped up on her. We took pictures earlier that day, you know, family photos. And I um had a hotel downtown Atlanta and, uh, I had this whole thing set up with legal seafood, so I had her dad show up, and it was going to be a big surprise to, for her father to show up with some flowers for her, which that looks like the surprise right there, right? Oh, my dad brought me flowers. Now we get to have a double date. You know, her stepmom and me and her and double date. But then, no, boom, get down on the knee, pop it, pop the ring out, and, make, and propose. You know, I popped a question like that. And it was a great thing. Uh... Got a lot of support from a lot of different people. You know, it was interesting at the people who really didn't show love. You feel me? But the people that did show love is who I focus on appreciating. And I appreciate the people who did show love. I appreciate Shay for saying yes. I appreciate her dad for uh, joining me and and, um, for joining me and assisting with the surprise. And, you know, the main reason is a lot of people, if you know me personally, like, you know, I'm not, I don't talk to a lot of people. The friends that I have, 
I've been talking to them for a long, very since I was a kid, eight, nine years old. Them the same people that I talk to now. I don't really talk to a lot of people like that. And her family is people, you know, it's nothing wrong with her family. I don't talk to them like that. I don't talk to her dad like that. I don't talk to anybody like that. So I felt like my anti-socialness when it comes to people who I have not known for the bulk of my life, it wouldn't be fair, I didn't think, if I would, you know, propose to her and not try to include her dad. Because even though I don't care as much about all the traditional stuff, <clears throat> he might have cared that, you know, I would have did that and not even talked to him about it. So... Even though he never said he cared about it, I was just like, you know, let me just include him in the situation. So that's what I did. It was a very cool situation. The night was very cool. Uh, legal seafood, man. They had some good food also. Very nice place. The ambiance was very nice in there. It's a great place to go on a date. It's across the street from the Atlanta, from the Georgia Aquarium also. They're renovating the aquarium right now, so, you know, it's a little bit, it's a construction site down there, but the, the area is very nice. Then we went on the Ferris wheel after that. It was just nice, you know. Everybody made, a lot of people made comments on the ring I got. They said I did, said I did a good job with the ring, you know. Everything is everything, but it was all good. Um, then for Thanksgiving, all right, so I didn't tell y'all, well, some of y'all know, but I started a nonprofit. You know, we focus on helping Young black boys mentorship become leaders. My focus is to make uh, to to teach young men, young boys and grown men to become leaders. I have not done many things yet, but I did one thing on the morning of Thanksgiving. I wanted to pass out breakfast. Breakfast is a lot of times times forgotten on that holiday because everybody's focused on like these big meals, and a lot of people don't um focus on helping people out that need food in the morning time. So I did that. I didn't get a big reception. I didn't get a lot of reception in Riverdale, which was which is where I am. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to be as community based as possible. But uh, Riverdale is not as set up socially to accept people doing things as far as charity goes. It's not, you know, the people aren't as receptive as other areas in Metro Atlanta. So I only had a few people show up to. The spot I was at in Riverdale, but what I did, I set everything up to where I could pack the food up and take it to people. So what I did, I, I I like the east side of Atlanta better, but I lived I lived down here because it's more affordable. And at the time, this is what I found, right? But I like the east side better anyway. But I packed the food up, I went over to the cater, and I had a lot of, you know, a lot of interaction with people over there. People accepted the food. They loved it. They thanked me. Even one lady even decided to give me, some, you know, a donation for it. I didn't even want any money, but she gave me a do. It was only two dollars, but it was, you know, she gave me some money. So I appreciated that from her, and you know, I gave a lot of people my information. This is Decatur, and you know, I just appreciate the people out there for for not letting their pride get in the way of just taking a, a free meal from somebody trying to reach out. You know, so a lot of people look at you. When you're just out there, I'm not with a church. I'm not with any mega foundations, mega corporations. I'm just out there giving out free food. I didn't get any funding from anybody, you know. Just put put a few dollars of my own up and just tried to do something nice. And I think it was cool. It was, it was more of an experiment for me to gauge interaction in Riverdale. And I see that the people of this community are going to need a lot more pushing and prying to get them to be more engaged in local activities as far as charity goes. 
which is fine. That's that's cool with me. You know, I know how to I know how to stay persistent and all that. So I did that on Thanksgiving, and you know that was only a few weeks ago. So it ain't really much else going on. I you know I've been working, all that good stuff. Tore my bathroom up. You know my main bathroom. Tore that up. So I'm renovating that right now. But other than that, you know I've been cooling, been chilling. You feel me? That's just that's just what I do. You know anybody who wants to get in touch with my brothers. Antoine and Devron, you know, DV Real, what y'all call them. Y'all get at me because, you know, I've been being the middleman for some of this information and I'm totally fine with it. So if you want to get in touch with my brothers, hit me up. You want to send them money, hit me up. I'll let you know how you could do it. Or you can send it to me and I'll send it to them with the cash app and all this type of stuff. And that's how we that's how we doing that. Now. The things that have happened since I've been gone. It, so many things have happened that it wouldn't make sense for me to get and, and go back into all of this. If you don't if you don't know what I think about the Takashi thing, I think Takashi is gonna snitch. He said today that he was not going to take any deals no matter what they offer him. Takashi is going to attempt to tell. The problem is with this whole Takashi thing is they the the F the feds have another informant already that was already working with them he wore wire around all of them you feel me they already have somebody (laughs) so they don't really need him normally this is something this is one thing that i think personally and i'm not calling nobody a snitch but this is something i think personally because it seems that takashi would be the one to snitch right which i think he would if he could if they were offering him something he would definitely tell but I think the feds don't really like people like Takashi to be the one that's snitching because that's what everybody ex- uh, that's what everybody expects, right? Also, that won't cause the most issues if Takashi snitches. I got my eyes, and this is this is I'm not calling nobody nothing. I'm looking at this dude, Mel Murder, man. Mel Murder is a dude who's been in the streets for a long time. He way old, he like 40 years old, way older than Takashi, to be running around with these young dudes. He was around Dipset back in the day. This dude is like pretty much he was a rapper for a little bit, I guess. But he's he's a street dude that been in the streets for a long time, right? I'm looking at somebody like him as the potential guy, <laughs> the potential one that that might be working with the, with the people. The reason is because they first of all the feds get a much bigger kick out of turning a gangster into a into a snitch. That's the kind of stuff they like to do. That's what they do, and that's what they've been doing for a long time. First of all, because they like to break people, because you know the whole, you got to break a slave. And then also, when people find out, it causes the most friction in the community. If Takashi snitches, it's just Takashi snitched, that's the end of it. Male murder, or somebody of his stature, or street status tells, everybody under him has problems with other people. Because now people got to defend his name and people got to fight against his name and all type of different stuff like that. Plus, I'm not just saying that just because I feel like saying it, right? Another thing is when I was reading through the charges on justice.gov, he is the one with the most extensive criminal background, right? He's also the one with the least amount of charges on that list. He is also... When you look at the the first charge that's on there, which I don't have it up in front of me right now, but if you look at the charges, the first charge up there, right, is something about like, you know, having, you know, doing something in commission with a crime, something like that, right? 
all the all other four defendants on the case are looking at 25 years mandatory if convicted of this crime right but this male murder guy is only looking at 10 years right so in this thing that they all five people are charged equally on he's looking at the least amount of time even though he has the most extensive criminal history and they all were charged with the same exact crime right and then like three of the charges don't have his name on them at all right that's just me i mean just looking at it like why the hell are you the most known by the people because they know you the most from doing stuff in the streets which he used to be part of the, the dipset thing like i said they say it's been rumored that when Ju when Jim Jones used to be saying, I'm with the Goonies and the Goonie Goos and all that, the Bloods and all that, they was talking about this guy. Him and his crew is who Jim Jones used to be using as his backup to validate his street credibility. It was this male murder fella. It was him, all right? But you're the most known, the most official when it comes to the stuff that they call gang activity. But then you have the least charges and you're looking at the least amount of time for the charges you've been indicted on so not calling nobody a snitch i'm just saying the feds work in a very strange way and they like to flip gangsters they want to flip the ones you don't think will snitch that's just what i got to say about that you know what i mean you play with fire Hey, you know they say you play with fire, you get burnt? No, you play with fire, you get shot in the head sometimes. And this is looking like the feds is trying to headshot that whole organization. I feel bad. You know, all these black men got to go down because this little boy want to do all this shit. But, you know, it is it is what it is. What else happened um, since the last time I spoke to y'all? Meek Mill put an album out. I think his album was solid. Um, a lot of people saying it's his best album. It's cool. Actually, since the first day it came out, or first few days it came out, I haven't really had the urge to go back and listen to it. I've been listening to What's Free a lot. Of course, that's the song with Rick Ross and Jay-Z. Other than that, I haven't heard, I haven't had any urge to listen to that album anymore. I'm cool. And, you know, Meek Mill albums have never been my favorite thing. DC4 is his favorite, is my favorite project of his. Uh, Championships is cool. It did what it was supposed to do. He ended up doing uh, 229000 in the first week. Very, very strong first week. And that's without any big singles. You know, I mean, he had the song Dangerous with, uh, I guess that was Jeremiah and Ty Dolla Sign, whoever was in that song. That was that was, that was was a nice lead single. But that the album is cool. It's just, you know, it's going to come and go for me. It, it'll probably stay strong for other people because, you know, a lot of people loved it. It wasn't for me. Not as much. Um, XXX Tentacion put an album out last weekend. Uh, some people was feeling it. Some people was it was it was just okay. Also, it was some cool concepts on it. But I guess since he didn't finish it, he didn't get to finish the concepts. I think Kanye Kanye was displaying a couple bars on that on that song though, man. The song that Kanye rapped on, he was displaying so his pen still works, man. Is what I'm trying to say. Kanye's pen is still still valid and active. But, you know, people ain't messing with Kanye right now, so but it is what it is. Has anything else happened? Really, I was just going to talk to y'all today just to get reacquainted, reintroduce myself and all that stuff, and talk to y'all about uh, these Grammy nominations, the ones that I care about anyway, the ones that the culture cares about. And I was going to give a few predictions. 
Now, coming up, we got the, um, we're going to do our top albums of the year. There's so many albums came out this year. I wanted my man, my man's um, Zeke and Dennis to come on here one of these days. and Because they think that this has been a strong year for albums. I don't think that. I think the exact opposite. I think this is a throwaway year. But, you know, especially Zeke. Zeke thinks this is one of the best years ever. You know I mean, Dennis think it was cool. I'm just like, nah, because the the shoot, the amount of albums that come out versus the amount of good albums that came out, the ratio is very trash. Very bad ratio. And uh, to me, that that that's a bad year. And I think when we look back at 2018, I don't think we're going to look at it and even remember the albums that came out. I think we're going to look back and, and be like, damn, that's the year all them damn albums came out. That's how we're going to look back. We're not going to look back and list all of them. We're going to look back and say, man, that was overwhelming. Hopefully that never happens again. And I guess the stronger streaming gets, the more we're going to see that. It's looking like the way albums are starting to come out now, it's looking like first week numbers will pretty much be it for people. Meaning, since everybody's putting out albums back to back to back to back, if, if you don't clean up your, with your first week numbers, you will be washed out from the person who drops next week and gets all their first week numbers. You feel me? Like, so somebody like a, a little baby put his album out a few weeks ago or whatever, two weeks ago, and he did 83,000 in the first week. The week after that, everybody's on to the next thing, which would have been um, whoever came out after that. So, yeah, man, it's just, it's too much music coming out. Now, Grammys, a lot of, lot of good people got Grammy nominations. I think some stuff didn't really make a lot of sense, but it is what it is, man. It never makes sense. And people say we got to start our own award show, but we, nobody's doing that. All right. So let's, let's start at the top. I'm on Grammys, Grammy.com, and I'm just looking at a uh, record of the year. Record of the year is nominees are Cardi B, I like that, or I like it, Brandy Carlisle, The Joke, Childish Gambino, This Is America, Drake God's Plan, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, Shallow, Kendrick and SZA, All The Stars, Post Malone, Rockstar, and Zed with The Middle. Now, I don't really know the difference between Record of the Year and Song of the Year, and then last year... um. I thought like Despacita definitely was gonna win some shit, and I don't think they won record or song of the year, so I don't think I really know what that shit mean. But if I'm just gonna pick some random song, I mean record of the year, I'm just thinking like I don't know, man. Drake has kind of been on like a protest of the Grammys, so I don't even know if he gonna play ball with them and show up to the shit. Last year he didn't show up just to go to some concert somewhere. Maybe they'll give it to. Cardi's, I like it. Lay Cardi, that's a major, major Grammy. Cardi is, is a major artist now. Let's just say they'll give it to Cardi. Album of the Year. Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy. Brandy Carlisle, The Way. By the way, I forgive you. Drake with Scorpion. Her with her. Post Malone, Beer Bongs and Bentleys. Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer. Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. And the Black Panther soundtrack. Now, one thing I do know here. Well, I ain't gonna say I know anything because this is this is not a strong list of albums of the year. Actually, it's almost like they set it up to to give it to Drake or Post Malone. 
I couldn't. I, I don't even. I mean, I like Janelle Monae's album, but I didn't think that it was like album of the year conversation. I definitely didn't think that. Y'all thought that. Y'all let me know because I was. I was an. I listened. Definitely was a listener of that album. You know what I mean? Don't Judge Me was one of my favorite songs this year off that album. And I don't know. I, you know, they love giving um Kendrick Grammys. So they might give him the they might give the Black Panther soundtrack album of the year. I mean, it's very possible because, like I said, they love giving Kendrick Grammys. He definitely is nominated for a bunch of these shits. Song of the year, Kendrick again, all the stars, LMA, Boo It Up, God's Plan, Drake, In My Blood. I don't know who this white person is. Uh, the Joke in the Middle. And Shallow and This Is America. Song of the Year, I, like I said, Song of the Year, Record of the Year, I don't know the difference. Song of the Year, I'm going to say Drake's God's Plan. I don't know. Best New Artist, Chloe and Haley, Luke Combs, Greta Van Fleet, Her, Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa, what the fuck? Margot Price, B.B. Reba, Georgia Smith. This is a new artist. Uh, Man, I, I don't know these other people. And last year, they kind of robbed the hell out of SZA by giving that girl thing so i don't know man maybe they make up for SZA by giving it to her this year because you know these award shows do shit like that they think like yo we we snubbed this one black person but we'll just give it to another black person the next time and then that'll make up for it so i'm gonna go with her we'll give it to another black girl with big hair and it'll be her i don't think chloe and Haley is on enough people's radar to uh get best new artists by the way i did like their album also the kids are all right but I think they're going to give it to her to make up for Snub and Scissor last year. Okay. Best pop solo performance. Beck Colors. Camilla Cabello. Havana. Havana. Ariana Grande. God is Woman. Lady Gaga. Joanna. Joanne. Post Malone. Better Now. I actually have no clue. I'm going to go with Ariana Grande. And let me skip past all this pop shit because I don't know. But I know Cardi B is in, in this pop shit again with her song with... Uh, Maroon 5. Let me see. Best traditional pop album. I don't care. Best pop vocal album. Don't care. Best new dance recording. Don't care. Best dance electronic album. Don't care. Come on, man. They got some dumb shit on here. They need to just get rid of everything and make make it all about black stuff. Until black people get back into rock and polka and, and blues and everything else, get rid of it all. Best R&B performance, Tony Braxton, Long As I Live, The Carters, Summer, Layla Hathaway, Y.O.Y., Her, featuring Daniel Caesar, Best Part, P.J. Morgan, and, and his name is First Began. I mean, the song is called First Began. I think I think Her and Daniel Caesar can get the uh, this Grammy for Best Part. I think they can definitely get that one. That's a, it, it looked like an easy one, actually, to me. For them to get, I don't even know. Remember what summer sounds like from from Jay Z and Beyonce. So, I don't know. Best traditional R and B performance. You got Leon Bridges, uh, "Bed Ain't Worth the Hand." Betty Levette, "Don't Fall Apart on Me Tonight." Major, "Honest." P.J. Morgan, "How Deep Is Your Love?" Charlie Wilson, "Made for Love." I don't know any of these songs. So, whatever they consider in traditional R and B, I guess that just means whatever shit that ain't on the radio. Best R&B song, LMA Booed Up, J. Cole and Miguel Come Through and Chill, uh, Donald Glover Feels Like Summer, Her Focus, and Tony Braxton Long As I Live. This is best R&B song, right? Let me see. It'll, 
if they don't give it to LMA for booed up, I don't know. Like, cause yeah, the rest of these songs are cool, and some of them might even sonically be better. But booed up consensus, people love that song all year. Like, I think some people didn't like it, but the amount of play and attention that the song got, it says that people are loving the song. So I think you got to give it the boo it up, man. Feels Like Summer was was a great song. I think that was probably the best song Childish Gambino dropped this year. Focus is cool. Come Through and Chill was all right. It was slight. Long As I Live, I don't even, I don't remember what that sounded like. Best Urban Contemporary Album. The Carters are in there. It sucks that the Carters have to go, Everything Is Love has to go against Chloe and, and Haley. The kids are all right. But that's in there. And Chris and Chris, Dave and the Drumheads. That's the album. Miguel with Warren Leisure and Michelle. I don't even know how to say that last name. Ventriloquism. Uh, I guess it's between the Carters and Miguel. I don't know who they're going to give it to. I, I've seen mixed reviews on Miguel's album. I'm going with the Carters. Everything is love. Jay-Z got snubbed a lot last year. Maybe they'll just make up for that shit. Best R&B album. You got Tony Braxton, Sex and Cigarettes, Leon Bridges, Good Thing, Layla Hathaway, Honestly, Her, Her, PJ Morgan, uh, Gumbo Unplugged. You know what? I do know who P- I remember that. PJ Morgan was um was on Facebook Live streaming hit the making of his album. I was watching that joint. He got like a he was in a big studio with like a big orchestra and all that. Okay. I'm going with Hmm. I'm going with her. And really, I listen to Leon Bridges. I listen to PJ Morgan. I listen to the beginning of Sex and Cigarettes. I did not listen to Layla Hathaway. My bad. I need to go back and listen to that because she, she nominated for a few Grammys. I'm going with her, man. F it. People like to give awards to the cool person. Best rap performance. Now, y'all, I promise it ain't too much left on this Grammy stuff. Y'all can hear the 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 drag in my voice a little bit talking about this because it's a lot more than I thought it would be. Best rap performance, you got Cardi B, Be Careful, Drake, Nice For What, Kendrick Lamar, J-Rock, Future, and James Blake, King's Dead, Anderson Pac, Bubbling, Travis Scott, Sicko Mode. Now, I'll tell you who won't win. Anderson Pac will not be winning this one. Cardi B better not win this one. Now, it's between Drake, Nice For What, Kendrick, King's Dead, Sicko Mode. I don't think King's Dead will win, however... King's Dead was a part of a major movie, which was Black Panther, and Kendrick is involved. And for some reason, like I said, the Grammys loves giving Kendrick awards. Kendrick got his first award in 2015, right? His first Grammy, 2015. He already has 11 Grammys. So in three years, he got 11 Grammys. The last award show, he got six alone. So like I said, they love giving Kendrick Grammys, so... They could pick that King's Dead shit. I, Sicko Mode and Nice For What, though. Nice For What should probably get this one. But I don't know. I'm, I'm going to just say Nice For What. Best Rap Song Performance. Christina Aguilera and Gold Link, like I do. Never heard it. J. Cole and Black with Pretty Little Fears was Black Song featuring J. Cole. Pretty Little Fears. Uh, Childish Gambino, This Is America. Kendrick and SZA, All The Stars. And Post Malone and 21 Savage Rockstar. Now, my favorite song on this list is definitely Black and J. Cole, Pretty Little Fears. Now, this would be a good opportunity, though, for 21 Savage to get his first Grammy. 
And that song, Rockstar, was a big song. It was number one in the country. So I think, I think Rockstar might be able to get that. Rockstar might be able to get this one. But like I said, my favorite song on this list is definitely Pretty Little Fears by Black and J. Cole. But this might be 21 Savage's opportunity to get him a Grammy, take it back to the East Atlanta Six. You're okay. Best rap song, Drake, God's Plan, Kendrick, King's Dead. Uh, this is Eminem and, 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 and Jonah Lucas with Lucky You. Travis Scott and Drake with Sicko Mode and Kendrick and J, or J-Rock would win. It's crazy, it's J-Rock's song, but they got Kendrick Lamar's picture on here. That's how much they love Kendrick Lamar with this shit. So I don't know, man. Now, again, with somebody having a chance to get their first Grammy, this say best rap song, this might be Joyner Lucas's opportunity to get a Grammy on the back of Eminem's name because they put Eminem in here for some reason. It's a good chance because they were spitting on that song. It's a good chance they could give Eminem a Grammy here and Joyner could get one like that. Uh, it, it, it could be interesting. It could be interesting. I would I would actually like to see Joyner get a Grammy this way. Just same way I said with 21 Savage, I would like to see him get one. All of these categories I'm looking at that have Travis Scott included. Travis Scott definitely had a strong year. I'm just not the biggest Travis Scott fan. I can see his impact as far as music goes, but I ain't the biggest fan, so I ain't really going to pick him in too much of nothing. Best Rap Album. Now, Invasion of Privacy. By Cardi B. She got a bunch of nominations. Five nominations. Mac Miller, Swimming. I don't like this shit. Because, you know what I'm saying? Swimming was out before Mac Miller died. Okay? Now, there was Nobody said anything about Swimming before he died. Now it's Grammy nominated. Like, that's the... Jada Kiss said it famous, well, famous to me anyway. You know dead rappers get better promotion. That's that bullshit, man. If, if the album was great, then cool. But the album, nobody even heard the shit. But it's Grammy not made. Okay, cool. Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle. Daytona by Pusha T. And Astro World by Travis Scott. Now, I think there's actually only two people. Two, like, a lot of people have called Victory Lap the album of the year for a long part of the year, right? And I love it. It was album of the year for me for a long time. But what I think the Grammys are going to do Astro World is not pure rap. So if the Grammys chooses Astro World, they run the risk of the hip-hop heads and the hip-hop community saying, that shit ain't rap, or that's not rap, or that shouldn't have beat XYZ. I think the safe thing for the Grammys to do is to choose Pusha T's Daytona. The reason being, first of all, it's not going to cause any noise unless Pusha T gets a Grammy and Drake wins none. But... If you pick Pusha T to win it, it won't cause any noise. Nobody will debate it. And it'll just be like, people will probably will forget it. But if you pick World, people might look at your award show once again as, y'all don't know nothing about the culture. So this is the Grammy's opportunity to save image, <clears throat> save the image of their show, and give it to who they know the culture has been talking about a lot. Because they're on Twitter just like everybody else. They can see everything. They got algorithms just like everybody else. They can see data like everybody else can. They they have an opportunity here. If they make the wrong move, they'll lose a couple notches. 
I think they are going to take this opportunity to pick Pusha T. Pusha T is still a bigger artist than Nipsey Hussle. He's a legend already from his work in the group, and he's the president of good music. Pusha T is the safe choice. I think they're going to go with Pusha T, Daytona. And that's actually one of my favorite albums this year anyway. That, that album is hard. And people, see, like I said before on the podcast, it's a cheat code. People are like, damn, you got this in only seven songs. You don't even realize Pusha T always makes short albums. So seven songs means nothing when that's all he do anyway. He does short-ass albums. All right? So that's pretty much, that's, 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 I don't really have much for y'all that beyond that, man. That was all I hear. We'll, we'll get back into some things, you know, some heavy, we'll get back into some more heavy topics when, when the time comes and all that. We're going to get back rolling. Like I said, me and Shay, we're going to do the, the, the albums of the year and all that good jive. Uh, one thing I wanted y'all to <clears throat> let me know if y'all noticed the same thing that I noticed. I noticed something, and it's about how 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 we have to we black men have to move around in a way that makes the the surrounding white people feel safe. Now we all know that that's the case, right? Because you have to make people feel safe because they'll think you're dangerous and they'll think you're a threat and all this other shit, right? But look at the way that we have to do it. I want you, like, any, if any of y'all work <clears throat> around, like, a little bit of white people, I mean, a little bit of black people and, and some white people and a lot of white people, I want you to just look at how, just watch people. Watch how a lot of black men come into a space. You know what a lot of us will do? Whistle. Hum. Hum a song. Be singing a song out loud. <clears throat> or have to greet every single person we walk past. Now, I'm not saying every single one of us does it. I'm saying we do it not knowing we do it. The reason is, is because we are announcing we are present. The reason we have to announce we're present is because you can't be a black person sneaking up, sneaking around white people. You have to let them know you're here. Let them know you're there. Now, some of y'all probably <clears throat> think I'm tripping. Think I'm just talking shit like I'm always talking shit, right? But I'm telling you, you work in an office building. You, you rarely see a dude walking around quiet. I'm talking about you could be... You could be a, a black dude walking around quiet. You can be anywhere. You can be outside at a store. You could just just look at people, man. The people I'm talking about the people that's not in predominantly black spaces, though. This is what I'm talking about. You feel me? Because of course, when we around each other, then yeah, we walk around silent. We're not doing nothing. But when you in when you in other places, watch. And I think that same psychology that makes us do. And you remember there was a there was a thing a long time ago, like back back way back. Where if you was black and you was walking down the street, you had to whistle and you had to be smiling. Because you have to let people know you're a friendly Negro or friendly nigger, whatever you want to call it. But you had to be whistling or smiling or something like that. I think the same psychology that causes us to feel like we have to do that is the same thing that pushes us into entertainment so heavily. Sports, music, dance, acting. All of these different entertainment fields. 
Now, maybe my mind is just a little bit strange that I connect shit like that together when it don't really seem like it go together. But I connect these things together. I connect things like that together because it's like we have been bred to be entertainment in any kind of way. Whether it's entertainment through the violence being, being, you know, expressed on our bodies. Whether it's entertainment through us smiling and telling jokes and making people laugh. Whether it's being entertainment through playing sports and beating our bodies down to hell. Whether it's us being entertainment through singing and playing multiple instruments. We have been trained and bred and programmed to be entertainers. As I sit here talking to you on a podcast, entertaining you. But I'm just saying, this is what we have been trained to do. One thing, we feel like it's normal. Like you're black, you play basketball, you play football, you better be able to dance, you better be able to do this. Now, yes, rhythm is in us already anyway. That's why we confuse our ability to do these things called entertainment or these things in entertainment. We confuse that with being, no, we're just doing what we naturally do. No, we're not. Yes, we naturally have rhythm, but we were dancing in the olden days to express spirituality or to express other storytelling, forms of storytelling and things like that. Now what we're doing is something totally different than what we did originally. You see what I'm saying? Our whole like community is based around our ability to be entertainment to the world. Our biggest thing right now that we do is we are celebrating and championing a lot of the things. We're making strides in entertainment. That's that's what, that's what we're basing our things on. We're like, yo, the black, we're doing good. We got shows on this channel, this channel, this network. This movie came out. We did a billion dollars. We did this with black faces in front of it. That's all entertainment. Some people, all right, so some of y'all might look at it like, oh, there's nothing wrong with that because we're still getting paid. Getting paid is not the problem. The problem is the mindset that make you feel like we have to do it because everybody ain't getting that kind of money. Because just like there's a Jay-Z who seen up to 900 plus million dollars, there's 900,000 other dudes who, for, for every Jay-Z, there's 900,000 rappers that ain't even going to make it to where Lil Uzi Vert is at. You feel me? Or they not even going to make it to where Takashi got in his career. For every one Jay-Z, there's that many people who don't. So think about this. It ain't just about, yo, look, entertainment, you can make all this money. Look at Oprah. Look what she did. Look at Byron Allen. Look what he did. Look at Kathy Hughes. Look what she did. Look at Jay-Z. Look at Diddy. Look at these people. Look at Dr. Dre. Look what they did. We really are naming like 10 people. <laughs> we naming like 10 people. We pro If we wanted to try hard enough... Every single black person over the age of 20 right now could probably write a list of every single black rich person in America. Every single one of them. We probably could. When I say rich, I'm talking 50 million plus. We probably could write a list of every single rich black person worth over 50 million dollars. I, I would put money on it that everybody, every black person over the age of 20 could at least get 90% of them. Nobody thinks that's weird. The reason that we can do that is because they all dance, sing, play a sport, or they own 
a platform that lets other people dance, sing, or, or play a sport. You feel what I'm saying? So I just want to I just want us to talk about it, man. It's not I'm not telling nobody to stop doing what they're doing. I'm just saying let's talk about it. Because while we have all these doctors happening, we have engineers, we have lawyers happening. That's happening in today's time where the cost of schooling has skyrocketed. And these people can't pay their pay their school loans off. You got you got black people in their 30s and 40s still talking about yes, I got like a hundred thousand left. I got like fifty, sixty thousand dollars left. Left on their college loan. They've been paying since they graduated. You feel me? So a lot we we talking about a lot of people that were a job where you used to be able to live like a huxtable. Now there are people who go to school for welding that live way better than you. You have people that drive trucks, you know, CDL drivers that live way better than some of these lawyers live. The reason is because I can go to CDL school for $5,000. I can't go to medical school for that. I can't go to, to law school for that. I can't go to any any uh, engineering school for that. I can, you know, you can learn computer programming on your own. You don't have to go to school for that. But the, more than likely, if a job wants to, if somebody wants to hire you, they're going to need you to have some kind of education. You got to spend money on that. Or I can just go learn how to weld for $5,000. <laughs> they have flipped it. So now it's almost more beneficial to not even go to school for black people. Because we're not even at a position yet where black people are just able to just pay for their ch- children to go to school, whatever school they want to go to. So we're not even at that point. Because when our parents were going to school or in college age, it didn't cost nearly this much. And I think it's all being done to keep us in this box of entertainment. Stay entertainment. We we want you to be our entertainment so much. We'll make it. We'll, we'll almost make it not worth it for you to go to college. We'll make it not even worth your money to spend to go to college. You go to college to be a social worker. That's almost like throwing money away. Now, yeah, some people could make it if they get a master's degree or some shit like that. But a lot of people in a lot of cities, they, they can't live like that. You want to become a teacher in a, in a city where, you know, you're not going to be able to afford to live anywhere near the school. And I think, if this is in my mind again, I think it's based on go be entertainment. So while cost of living is getting higher and most people's pay is not changing, whose pay is going through the roof? Basketball players, football players, baseball players, rappers. We hearing about all this money they're making in a, in a year. Hmm. You talking about basketball players, 40 million, 35, 40 million a year. Football players, 60 million guaranteed. Rappers talking about making 70 million in one year, 30 million in one year. That's Roger Goodell money. Huh? We're not talking like. We haven't heard of any massive leaps in pay for engineers, doctors, lawyers, you know, anything else. But we're hearing about these people. Why? Because recruiting tool. The media is a recruiting tool for entertainment. Y'all are getting a little bit too dangerous with all this other stuff y'all are doing. 
Because the more doctors and lawyers and engineers you have, the more self-sustaining that you become. We don't need you to do that because then you become dangerous. Next thing you want to know, y'all going to be having these like private militaries going on. Y'all going to be doing your own personal security because y'all going to have people manufacturing your own guns. You know how you become a, a, a threat to manufacture your own guns? Because you went to school for industrial engineering. Now you know how to set up a factory. You know how to design a factory. A factory is not just about going and getting some machines to stamp out some metal. A factory is about efficiency. But if you go to school to become an industrial engineer and mechanical, and your friend is a mechanical engineer, y'all both black, now y'all know how to do it. You become too dangerous. Now we have to de-incentivize school by making it the prices skyrocket. And we have to incentivize entertainment by putting these Cash King Forbes lists out. When did that start? Huh? Last 15 years, probably. Cash King's Forbes list. They don't, they don't plaster no damn country list. Cash King's Forbes list. Hip-hop Forbes list, right? They plaster that. They plaster these massive LeBron contracts. They plaster the Lifetime Nike deal. They plaster... You know, the NCAA doesn't, I mean, not the NCAA, Ohio State does $300 million deal with Nike. They plaster these type of numbers in your face. Huh? Why? Because it's marketing. They're not just reporting the news. They're not reporting the news. They're not telling us the salaries of the CFO and the CEO of Pfizer or Abbott. You know, we don't know what Sheryl Sandberg makes at, at Facebook. We don't know what these people at Snapchat make. We don't know their money. And they work for publicly owned companies. So this shit should be public. And they don't talk about it on all the major news platforms. But we heard about the bidding war between Under Armour and Nike for Kevin Durant for $350 million for 10 years. We heard about that, though, didn't we? It's marketing, recruiting. Because you need to go back to walking down the street and whistling and smiling and letting us know that you are here, present, and accounted for in the state of slumber. That's all I got for y'all, man. We back. Easy.